My name is Nigel Famas, and I'm not Jewish. But you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy klezmer or to play it. However, the emotional content of the music is essentially Jewish. Although, as we'll discover in this two-part feature, klezmer, like Yiddish, a German and Russian-based folk language, is not every Jew's cup of tea. In fact, much of the klezmer music is played by non-Jews internationally. Klezmer is derived from two Yiddish words, which together translate as vessels of song. In other words, instruments. As in guma, the music is the instrument. Matthew Reed, who's playing with fire band, specializes in klezmer. If people ask me, you know, what is klezmer music? I say it's fiddler on the roof music, and they know immediately. How would you define klezmer music? I'd say it's the dance music of the. Ashkenazi Jews from Middle Eastern Europe. It's always in a minor mode, and more often than not, it's festive at the same time. And the two bring a very strange mixture of joy and sadness all at once. That is, is a hallmark of the music of of the Jews from that part of Europe. And the instruments that are involved, most typically the violin, the clarinet, the accordion, the double bass, are also a hallmark of that culture. Klezmer music is regarded as an American music form. It flowered in in America because of that, as of the background and the infrastructure that it could support the music with. Philip Todras, who is responsible for the Cape Town Yiddish Song Festival. It was also the music of a minority immigrant group. My mother grew up in Lithuania. Faye Singer has researched klezmer for many years. And the beauty and sad things and difficult things and people who didn't have enough money or people who didn't have money to, to buy a, a, a something for their families. There are very tender and there are wonderful things. All woven inside the klezmer circle, and that has been something that I, I can't, I will never take go away from me. It's, it's in me. It's, I know that it's in me. Matthew, you are not Jewish. No, not at all. I'm a clarinetist, <laughs> so I'm very interested in any music that's got clarinet in it. Matthew is an honorary Jew. <laughs> <laughs> David Krakauer is an American clarinetist who specializes in klezmer. I actually met Matthew the last time I was in Cape Town, and I heard the records, a lovely record, and, and I really applaud uh, everything that Matthew is doing, and he's just the sweetest man on the planet. More from David next week when we look at variations on klezmer in the United States. <laughs> Playing with Fire.
when I was at Varsity, I shared digs with a girl who had a record of Giora Feidler, who's an Argentinian Jewish folk clarinetist. And we used to play this record day in and day out and loved it. I loved it. it, it he really made that instrument talk to you and cry and laugh and he was playing this music that was so soulful and uh, I was studying to put every note in the right place you know to sound the same throughout the register as a classical musician and yet here was somebody who was happy to do the exact opposite he was somebody who would push the high register until it was really hard and really open up on the low register which was really warm and and make it do all these quirky things and I loved it it was just so opposite to what I was training to do Just hearing that, the sounds of longing, everything is in that sound. Yes, and it's supposed to imitate a rabbi in a synagogue and, and crying or yearning for God, you know. It's, it's just the instrumental equivalent. In some ways, yes, because there is also the tradition that uh, in orthodoxy it's uh, only male voices that are allowed. But uh, Yiddish song, I think, transcends that because, in fact, everyone thinks about Yiddish song as about the music of the shtetl, the music of Eastern Europe. And yes, there is that influence. And there is a, a relatively small percentage which is based on folk music and folk tradition, soul music, that sort of thing. But in fact, the flowering of Yiddish song, you've got to believe this, is New York in the 20s and 30s. First of all, you have a large number of Jewish people in one place. You have a more affluent uh, community. There is a publishing, a music publishing industry. There's a recording industry. There's a film industry, all of which fed into the need to celebrate Yiddish song. Faye Singer always says that Yiddish song and classical music are first cousins. They're very closely allied in the field of Jewish music. I remain your domain, 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 your domain. All right, so you heard this and you heard a different way of approaching the clarinet. And what was the next step? Well, I, I wrote some of it down and tried to play it, but nothing came of it. Then I went overseas, I studied in London, came back uh, to Cape Town eventually in the 90s. And one day a colleague of mine phoned me up and said, I've been asked to play at a bar mitzvah. Won't you come and play with us? Because they've asked for a clarinet. And I remembered I'd written down this music. So I arranged it for string quartet and clarinet. And off we went to the bar mitzvah. And we loved it and they all loved it. We played each of three pieces three times. And uh, the next thing was that Faye Singer heard about it and she said she was about to give a lecture in the UCT summer school lecture series and wouldn't we play at the end of it for half an hour. There was a Bulgarian woman called 
Balkanska. She's a wonderful Bulgarian woman, well known in her own country, and Stanislav Angulov asked me if I would be interested, if I could raise up some money and so on to bring her to Cape Town. And I filled that Baxter Theatre to the rafters. Now, we couldn't do it only with Balkanska, so we had to bring in other musicians, and that's when I, Matthew Reed and many others helped me. And we had this wonderful, wonderful sense of... It was, it was just so marvellous. And Stanislav Angulov, being himself from that part of Bulgaria himself, he said, I'm going to be sitting in the front row. He says, I'm not going to be on the stage. I just want to sit in the front row and see her. Now, that was a big thing, and it was good. But you see, not everybody thinks it's good. said, but they need music at the opening of the Jewish Board of Deputies. Won't you play there? So we played there, and then I got a phone call from Joburg. Won't you come up to Joburg? We hear you've got a klezmer band. Uh, we're also having a, an AGM. Won't you come and play? So I went up to Joburg, and it just kept going from there in a very unforced way, just like following my whim, really. Klezmer music has now become quite my passion. Klezmer music is one of the most wonderful things that ever happened in my life. Yiddish music has always grabbed me in some sort of a way, whether, whether, whether it was when I was younger, whether it was in other years when I was as a mother and looking after children and didn't have the time to do these things. But I began at the University of Cape Town to, in, with, with a supervisor. I began to write up a lot of things that I had discovered from my research. Bass is pretty straightforward. It just goes boom, 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 and then there's somebody going there, going jump, 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 and then you've got to have a tune on the top and maybe a counter melody as well. It's pretty straightforward. It's not complex at all. Uh, it has some influences in there. It's got a military influence from marches, military marches, and the use of the piccolo and the flute, also the trumpet uh, and trombone. There's a very uh, military style influences on klezmer music. There's also the influence of the Romanis or the Gypsies that you hear in some of the rhythms when you hear dee dum dum dee dum 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 you know that's that's very much a Romani influence. And the accordion. And the accordion of course yes. Oh yes. Walking piano as opposed to the walking bass. Yiddish and Klezmer are absolutely tied together. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I think there was a strong feeling in Israel that they wanted to leave this music behind. It was too wrapped up in the war and everything painful about the war. 
and there was a strong feeling when the state of Israel was founded to go for things Hebrew and find songs that were sung in Hebrew rather than in Yiddish. It, it's like there's a, a completely different musical genre evolved that's quite separate to this klezmer. In fact, you can play klezmer to some Jewish folk and they won't even know what it is. They won't have heard of it before. Obviously, there are people who've never heard of klezmer. They don't want to know. They're busy with jazz or whatever else they do. In 2004, Cape Town jazz musician Russ Nowich recorded an album celebrating the music and musicians of the Holocaust ghettos and camps. He called it Beyond the Walls. Nigums have a very particular place in the spiritual practice of the Hasidic Jews, and it's really the same as a mantra, it's a meditation. And it's a melody that you sing over and over and over again that really takes you into an altered state of consciousness. And there's certain ideas that there's, a, there's spheres and universes of nigons that you can access. You can access the energy of that, of that musical emotion and you can access the energy. You know, it's about, about connecting, really. So nigun for remembrance is really the offering of remembrance. And, and if I can, through the playing of that song that melody tap into the energy of remembrance and the energy of what remembrance is because I think remembrance is connected to forgiveness and forgiveness is connected to detaching from pain and, and all of these things then I'm, I'm really engaging with something within my own consciousness that's greater than blowing a melody on a saxophone so the melody arrived in my head simply gentleman named Loza Karabelnik and he was born in Lithuania and I wanted to include survivors on the album for various reasons one of the reasons was and these are no order I think they all stand equally to honor and respect their experience because I think that a lot of in a lot of instances their experience hasn't been honored it might have been honored on a grand scale but it hasn't been honoured on a personal level. And so that, that, that was one reason. Another reason was because in 10 or 15 years' time, you can't make albums like this. There aren't going to be survivors to tell their story. The other thing, I don't think all survivors want to tell their story because there's a lot of guilt attached to being a survivor. So I think in a lot of instances, survivors want to identify with the group experience and, and also honour the fact that other people went through this and didn't survive. So Loza Karabonik was just a, the most beautiful character who came into my life through this album and introdu he introduced me to Mordechai Gaberti. He said to me, Russ, if you're going to do this album, you need to learn who Mordechai Gaberti is. Go learn. Come back to me when you know. And that sent me on a whole journey. So Let Salvation Come is, is really a song of, of hope and of the prayer, you know, the prayer that we'll be free and it was written to a melody by a very famous holy man named R Rabbi Abraham Isakuk. And Smirka Kasaginski, who wrote the poem, was clearly expressing something of the collective consciousness of the people. 
we, we really want this to work out, okay? And I suppose that's always the prayer. Right? And all religious traditions have that. And I suppose it's about the battle between light and dark, space and matter. I don't know, it's all, it's all connected. This is Holocaust musicians, not klezmer. Um, but obviously there's a relationship there. But there's, a, there's definitely a relationship there. Please, if I, I didn't mean to say that I've pushed that aside, not at all. Post-1939 and the Holocaust, I mean, Yiddish was basically decimated. But what I think is absolutely extraordinary is that in 1939, the most popular song in all of America was by Mayor Mr. Shane, which background is the Catskills, Yiddish, so they've translated into English with only by Mayor Mr. Shane, which means to me you're beautiful, remaining as the theme. And it was the greatest hit in 1939. Yiddish song was basically on the top of the charts. Of all the boys I've known and I've known some, until I first met you I was lonesome. And when you came inside, dear, my heart grew light and this old world seemed new to me. You're really swell, I have to admit you, deserve expressions that really fit you. And so I've racked my brain hoping to explain all the things that you did to me. You're listening to You Don't Have to Be Jewish, Part 1, Klezmer in Cape Town. This is Tsena Tsena. This is not a Klezmer song, actually. It came out of the State of Israel when it was founded in, in the late, late 40s. It was a folk song that came out of there. Tsena that we do is very Guma-like, but on the whole, I think it's quite novel, quite a novel idea to interpret klezmer music in a Cape style. But I like it because it puts our group very much here in Southern Africa. Playing with fire, Guma meets Klezma, both genres born out of oppression. Faye Singer studied at the University of Cape Town. I was supposed to do a big essay. I was told that I had to do something on Bach or Beethoven or Mendelssohn or whatnot. And then I asked my piano teacher, Laura Sill, I said, Laura, is there any way that I can rather do my big essay on Jewish music. So she said, well, none of us know anything about Jewish music. So I said, but maybe. And I sort of squeezed it a little. And that happened quite a number of years ago. Thank goodness they let me do it. And I did do the master's degree and everything went fine. But the point was that they were weary of what, what I was up to. The real thing the absolute real thing comes to me from my parents, particularly my mother. My mother grew up in Lithuania. 
her way of speaking in South Africa when she came to live here and all the rest. We used to make fun of mom doesn't know how to say this and mom doesn't know how to say that. But actually, she knew. And she would sing. And she would give me a tune. In the place of Mikdash, in a winkel gede, sitzt die Almone Bastion allein. Ihr bin jochidl jidlen wiktige Seide. Und singt ihm zum Stoffen Aliedele Schein. Eiliuliuliu, unter jedes Wegele steht ein Chlorweißziegele. Das Ziegele ist gefrorene Handeln. Das wird sein dein Beruf. Rojinkes mit Mandeln, Rojinkes mit Mandeln, da It was very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Tell me what it means. In this little song, a mother is singing to the child, and she's saying, that when you'll be bigger, you'll be able to do this, you'll be able to do that. But she, the essence of it is never forget your mother and never forget all what we've taught you. And one day you'll be, you'll, you'll be somebody, you know, you'll be a person, somebody like a community person or whatever, and don't forget about the holy books. Even as a little girl, I used to go and sit at the piano and tinkle on the ivories. I used to like my, the feelings of going to the piano and actually singing and reading and doing that all myself. And that's a long time ago, of course. Klesma is more of a way of playing, a way of playing and interpreting the music, as well as a repertoire or collection of pieces. In Israel, they all looked at me at the library and they were very sweet and, you know, please come again and all that kind of thing. But I didn't get a sense of them really understanding. In March of this year, I gave over a huge amount of my stuff to Stellenbosch University. And I'm pleased I've done it because they're marvelous people and they understand. And they've asked me to come again. And I found people in the Jewish library, that is the Gitlin Library in Cape Town. Um, there, I also have a, a lovely time if I go there. I find people who are there, they say, oh, have you come up because you're here for a Yiddish book? Or are you here because you come for this and that and the other? And I'm just finding myself in a very good space here in this tip of Africa. This is what I do now, Nigel. That is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm very happy to do anything you know, that, that enriches my love for Klezmer music. Faye Singer. My thanks to her, to Matthew Reed, Philip Todras and Russ Nurwich 
as well as all the wonderful klezmer musicians and Bush Radio. Next week, You Don't Have to Be Jewish, Part 2, Klezmer Variations. I'm Nigel Famas. Happy Hanukkah!